Hello and welcome to the What the What podcast. It's the podcast where we tell you what's nerdy, what's popping with culture, what's giving us all the nostalgic feels, and what's there to geek out about, past, present, and future. It's all the what's in one place. That's Eric Creech. We have Kyle Whitley, and I'm Ashby Brain. Yes, we are here. And if you've noticed that the sound quality may be a little different, maybe we're louder. Maybe. Maybe. maybe louder, but maybe more raw. Yeah, yeah. This is this episode. We have termed it as our first "What the What" unplugged episode. Hashtag unplugged. Um, our soundboard died a couple weeks ago, and we are wanting to get the latest and greatest one that comes out in a couple of weeks. Right in the volume. Yeah. I even sent DNA to so whenever it's ready, we're going to order that. But until then, we're going unplugged. We have no board, we have no mics, we have no headphones. It's just us and the laptop, and we're going to see how this sounds. And just looking at it, the levels are pretty high there. I mean, it looks pretty good. I'm, I might actually have to adjust the levels on our sound. Well, like I said, like earlier, <laughs> thinking it was coming through the microphone, I was picking you guys up down the hall. Just, While we were having our great conversation so. yeah. about um, Leonard Skinner. About Leonard Skinner. You bring up music. This is the time I'm supposed to, we're supposed to talk about something random. What time is yes. it? Yeah. Random time. Show time. Show time. Showtime. Random so, time. Random time. I had a random thought today. And where we grew up listening to our parents' music, and especially now, we're like, we appreciate our parents' music, either mm-hmm. it be rock and roll or oldies or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, none of us have kids yet. Right. But it's like, we deal with, like, say, Melody. She's 15 16. now? 16. Now. 16, yeah. You know, with her playing guitar at church and stuff, and I'm wondering, like, when is she going to pick up on emo and screamo? And, I can't wait. Like, Dashboard Confessional Ugh. and I, I, I Can't Uncle Romance. I can't. I, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, when is she going to panic at the disco? <laughs> like, her parents, I feel like. Paul Hotboy. Yeah. More panic and less disco these yes. days. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me, you know, More <laughs> panic with the exclamation point. Her parents are a little bit older than us, I think. Yeah. But she got, like, right. Metallica and everything from her dad, where I assume it could be her mom. But I was thinking that now. It's like, also, when is there going to be a giant resurgence? Like, where oldies still, like, hang around and, like. But I also feel like there's a, there's a confluence from the 90s to the aughts in the time that we grew up because there's really great music that I want to share with my kids that's like, you know, Dashboard mm. and Jimmy Eat World and like all kinds of like really good, some of it would be considered emo, like all some of it's punk. Um, but there's also K. like, I also want to make sure that they get the full experience of like sure. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. sync. You know, Britney Nelly. Spears, <laughs> Nelly. We jammed to some Nelly last week. I jammed all the way here <coughs> listening to Outcast. So. Yes. Hey, I listened to Outcast today too. Destiny's Child. Um, I mean, apparently they. I, I like the way you move. Yes. Da, da, da. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh man, I well I can't because you know family show. But right. that whole first verse, I can go mm-hmm. to town on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, just, I got excited about that. I was like, can you imagine re like discovering Dashboard Confessional for the first time? Yeah, now like listening to all of that, yeah. and I get to the point. Even Melody, she's like the closest thing to a child that we have that hangs out with us. Where it's like, <laughs> I should make her a mix CD so of all these songs. But then I'm like, does she have a? CD she doesn't player? have a CD player. <laughs> like in my brain, you'd be closer off getting her like a mixed record. Yeah. Because she would be more likely, I thought, to have a record player yeah. than a CD player. That was my thought. Because yeah. those record like, players are back in. Vinyl yeah. is totally Vinyl was back, back in. in. So. I was like, I have to buy you all that. 
Like, that'd be expensive. Right. Maybe buy you, like, one a month. Let's like, here's this one, like, thing. Yeah, that's the downside of vinyl. The moment she discovers this, I feel like the 830 service at church will be t- will turn into a very emo praise and worship. Yeah. <laughs> I had Fantastic. a moment with my dad, like, when you think about how things change, he was helping me um, hang something in my bedroom. And in my bedroom, I have my um, Google Home, mm-hmm. and then I have my record player, like, that plays the vinyls that, mm-hmm. you know, all the yes. vinyls that I've collected and that my parents gave me from their collection. And so I put on... On, um, journey on a vinyl and we had listened we had been been doing stuff in the room enough to for the whole side to play mm-hmm. down and I didn't feel like going over and like picking up the needle and flipping the record so I just said hey Google play Journey <laughs> nice. and then Journey started playing again in my room and my dad and I just kind of looked at each other like we were having one of those moments of like yeah. generational divide mm-hmm. and I was like well I didn't feel like flipping the record mm-hmm. or have to walk all the way over there and he was like my god <laughs> Which well, I would say, my God, like, <laughs> I could just make Melody a playlist and be like, yeah. here's all these great right. songs. And I was like, that you don't get the same thing if I make you a playlist right. of this. I don't know. I just, I couldn't, for me, it wouldn't be. Maybe we should let Ashby make the playlist, because she made a pretty good playlist like, she a did. month ago. And... Don't get me wrong, like, it's not that it's not good, right. but it's just, there's that emotional touch of like, yes. here's all these yeah. hand-picked CDs in it. And I wrote, I, wrote, wrote all, yes. I wrote on the CD. I drew on it with Sharpie, oh like. Oh, oh yeah, so. Nick CDs used to be like some of my most prized yeah. possessions. Yeah, I, I mean, still have all. For of them. Sure, they I were still like have a bunch of them. Love yeah. letters or um, friendship letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent Laster used to like he will he had like a little CD like label maker, mm-hmm. so he would put like pictures on the CDs yeah. that he would create. So he, you would give him the songs, he'd create the, the mix CD, mm-hmm. and then he'd have pictures of all of our friends on yeah. the CD. And so I've still got all of those that we've done. I mean. I used to do that all the time. The, uh, the big e-mix. <laughs> Your yeah. dad said he heard that. I was about to say, I saw him comment. I was trying to see what it says. He heard that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, it was a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, that's not what we're talking about today. But it's no, a, a random thought while no. I was sitting at my desk today. It's really funny. Like, I'm looking, you know, we talked about the sound earlier. Um, when we first started, the levels were really, really high because me and Ashley were talking right in front of it, and you were, like, here. Um, kind of low, and I moved a little bit. Now Ashby's still kind of in the middle, but her stuff is kind of low, and then you're a little higher, and I'm always loud, apparently. So I was excited about music. Well, we'll that's talk true. about TV dramas and all. I'm going to try to be but... louder since I don't have a mic directly in my face. It's going to be interesting. So. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we thank you for joining us this week. Whether you don't want to wait for our lives to be over, or you perhaps you believe that falling in love is such an easy thing to do, um, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, and of course, rate and review us five stars only. That's right, five stars, just like Jason Street was a five-star prospect before he had that debilitating injury in the first game of the season on Friday Night Lights. Um, please also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram uh, at What the What Media, all, all one word. word. And find us on Twitter at WTW underscore media. And please share with your friends if you enjoyed today's episode or one of the 58 other What the What episodes that we have available in the archives. Last time on this podcast, Ashby was on vacation. Get it right. Chris Rhodes stepped in and we discussed sleepover video games. And then last week, when we were going to record Rookie of the Year, Mm -hmm. the soundboard broke. So that one will come later this year at some point, possibly. Maybe we I might. I tell you guys this, but I cursed the soundboard so I wouldn't have to sit through recording Rookie of the Year. We, we, so we're not going to do that because we're not going to burst the new one. So. No, we're we're going to record it and we might drop it as a bonus episode one week <laughs> during the World Series or something. Who yes. knows? Um, bonus yes. content. On today's episode, we are taking a 
Deep Dive! As we kill our speakers into <laughs> our favorite 90s and 2000s teen TV dramas. I like how she says the aughts. I've never heard that until she mentioned it like three weeks ago. I was like, what are aughts? The aughts, I think yeah. it's otters. That's what people call the 2000s, the aughts. I've never heard I've never that. Heard yeah. Well, okay, I'm, maybe I'm just like, you know, in That's the know. That's why I always feel weird though. Like, you yeah. guys are in the know. It's called the I feel weird doing Google searches though, because the 90s always is like, 90s, no problem. But then I'm like, should I type 2000s? How does this work? I think it's either way. Weird. Is it OOs? Just OOs. Yeah, like, that doesn't sound right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've called it the OOs before I've ever called it the aughts. The aughts. <laughs> Here is your spoiler, spoiler warning for today's episode. I can't talk today. We will be going deep into several TV shows from the 90s and the 2000s. So if you don't want to be spoiled on any of these shows, make sure you check them out first. I can't tell you what they are. I mean, I know what Ashby's are. I know what mine are. Kyle keeps his as a mystery. That's right. So, so like, pause this episode now and go yep. watch every single season of every single teen drama from 20 years. If I think about it, we'll us. check back in three years. That's if right. I think about it, in the description of the podcast, I will, maybe I can put timestamps on what uh, TV show we're talking about so you can skip ahead. Mm, true. Yeah. Possibly. I mean, because there might be some people out there that honestly have always wanted to watch the entirety of Friday Night Lights. Or well, Buffy. here's the thing. I haven't seen the entirety of Friday Night Lights. I don't think I'm going to have really any giant spoilers. Mine are just like, this is what I really like and this is kind of why. But just in case, you don't want to be surprised on anything. Yeah. You know, we try to give the courteous spoiler warning every episode regardless if we're talking about TV shows, movies, That's right. music, Spoiler um, alert. Video games. Just in case. Um, the food draft. Did we give a spoiler alert? <laughs> spoiler. If you've never if had you've gravy. you've never tried mashed potatoes. <laughs> try it <right> now. now. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to spoil what they're like for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, oh. Ashley. Okay. Before we get into our top three choices each. Okay. Um, you want to talk about the historical and cultural significance of the teen drama. Yes. Let's hear what you have to say. I just want to talk about a few, few little things. A few little things. Because <clears throat> I thought it'd this be nice to have like story a little, time little intro. Ashby. That's right. right. This is this is you know getting into the weeds with Ashby. Yes. Um, so I defined our topic, teen drama, in two ways. There had to be a cast of teenagers, at mm. least initially. They had to be teenage age, and at least some of the plot of each episode had to revolve around the angst and antics of their teen life. Not that it couldn't be about sports or some, like, sci-fi fantasy thing or whatever. It didn't have to be genre-based, but it did have to have some kind of element of, like, teen drama. Um, and then I put, I would argue that the 90s had great dramas. We talked about that on social media, like Walker, Texas Ranger, and one that no one mentioned, Nash Bridges, which was, like, the jam in my house. Which I think, now that, I, now that I'm ruminating on it, we should do, like, a 90s drama because so many of us watched shows because of our parents and then ended up like nostalgically liking them. Mm -hmm. We could talk about Walker, Texas Ranger, and Nash Bridges. All right? Day. God, Nash Bridges was such Magnificent a good show. Magnificent Seven, early, Quinn, Medicine uh, early Quinn, edition. Early edition. Touched uh, by an Angel. You just named my, all my mom's favorite shows. I mean, the Saturday Night CBS lineup was, you know, again, I watched that instead of Kenan and Kale, so. That's right. Uh, so anyway, my intro today, however, I'm going to stick to... Um, a definition of teen drama, uh, and what, like, so I'm going to 
stick to digging into the definition of teen drama and then sort of talk about the pivotal plot points of these dramas as they evolved out of the 90s and into the 2000s. Because I think we each picked ones that existed in both decades. And there are some subtle differences. And one of the main differences is because of Dawson's Creek. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. So, um, the first, I had to go off my own script for this. I had to... You know, go to. She put in the time. Experts, guys. yes. She put in the I research. Put in the time and the research. There's even highlighters. She's looking for There's a mind. A highlighter. At, working for a mind pages. at work. work. That's right. <laughs> so <clears throat> instead of trying to inelegantly put it in my own words, I'm just going to read from two articles I found. The first one is a glamour article that's basically um, this girl who went through and ranked the best dramas, teen dramas from the past 20 years. And her name is uh, Emily Tannenbaum. So, this is what she has to say. (laughs) This is what she has to say uh, at the beginning of the article. And I'm not going to go through her 20 rankings. I'm just going to talk about... Because her rankings weren't that good. I disagree. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Because I feel like maybe we each picked one of her picks. But I don't know about how she ranked them. Anyway. That's fair. While teen soaps have been around long before the year 2000, the early aughts... The 2000s, for those of you who don't know what the aughts are. The early aughts were truly the peak era for the genre. High school dramas fueled angsty teens week to week, shining a light on class disparities and trauma, and highlighting the day-to-day lives of primarily um, white American youth. I'm going to talk about uh, representation in one of mine. So, they're not perfect, but these shows were more than just television. They were an aesthetic. They informed how many of us at the time dressed, what music we listened to, and launched 20-something actors playing hot 16-year-olds into a new complex level of celebrity status even before the Instagram age. As the early aughts gave way to the 2010s, the number of these shows more or less died down, but the few that managed a similar cultural impact were often shrouded in mystery and the supernatural. Let's call it the Twilight Effect. Shows like Gossip Girl made way for The Vampire Diaries, Pretty Little Liars, and Teen Wolf, but the results stayed the same. The generation watching was absolutely hooked, devoting themselves to ships and standing their new favorite actors on Twitter, Instagram, and fanfiction platforms. Now, with the massive success of Riverdale and 13 Reasons Why, there's been a swift and welcome resurgence of the format on various networks and streaming services, all hoping to recapture the devotion and impact of their predecessors. So then she goes on to list her top 20, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, what's interesting is I found an article on Vox that's about Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to talk in length about Dawson's Creek because it was a little before my time, so it's not one of my picks. I've really never seen more than a handful of episodes. Right. But on Vox, um, Constance Grady talks about um, 20 years ago, Dawson's Creek introduced a love triangle that cha- changed teen soaps forever. So this was written in 2018. So 20 years ago, this year, Dawson's Creek moped its way onto television screens across the country. Its adolescent, angst-filled heart pinned to the sleeves of its oversized 90s button-downs as they flapped in the wholesome Cape Cod air and became a phenomenon. Along with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the series came to define the brand of the fledgling WB network. Mm -hmm. It was celebrated on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Its premiere drew 6.8 million viewers, the highest rating in the WB's history, 
TV Guide created four different collectible covers featuring I, I the four lead ones. actors. <laughs> Which one? Which one? I had the one with um, Katie Holmes on it. Joey? Uh, Joey, yeah. yeah. Um, and as I for the show, the young cast looked as fresh and wholesome and white <laughs> as a J. Crew catalog, probably because they also all appeared in the pages of a J. Crew catalog. Beautiful young people and beautiful them? romantic turmoil was Dawson's Creek's game, and the series was in it to win it. But the real reason we remember Dawson's Creek 20 years later is something that happened 19 years ago. In the fall of 1999, that's when a flailing creative team, almost entirely new to the show after a massive staff turnover, was working desperately to come up with a new idea for a show that was quickly running out of story. To save Dawson's Creek, they had to fundamentally change its formula. That's when Dawson's Creek went from being about the character Dawson and his earnest, possessive love for Joey to being about Joey herself torn between Dawson and his best friend Pacey. And in making that change, Dawson's Creek found itself moving away from the old-fashioned teen love story that reigned supreme in the 80s and early 90s and towards a kind of romance that would become increasingly popular among teen soaps over the next two decades. It moved away from a love story built on the unshakable, unquestionable belief that women belong to men, and that was all there was to it, and towards a love story that could at least gesture at valuing women's agency and independent worth. The Joey Pacey Dawson love triangle was a desperate move from a desperate writing staff that ended up setting um, its own format into the genre shows that would come after it. So just so you guys don't think this author's crazy, I came up with some examples. I would think Constance. Say by the Bell is one for sure. Yes. Yeah. So Say by the Bell had. It was Slater, Zach, Slater, and Zach, and Kelly. Mm-hmm. And then um, Stefan, Elena, and Damon in The Vampire Diaries. Right. Lucas, Peyton, and Brooke in One Tree Hill. Yes. Dean, Rory, and Jess in Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls yeah. Buffy, Angel, and Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. So those are just a few <coughs> a few yes. examples. Yes. So anyway, that's that's all my setup because I think it's important to kind of talk about it, it's really in, it's really interesting too because before we even get into our um, our things, I you know in 1998 is when you said Dawson Creek premiered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have been 12. So I was that, 10. So. so that would have been around the age where middle school. Yeah, middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the people who tuned in on that first night. I mean, it wasn't. I don't know if it was necessarily marketed to me. But they made such a big deal of it. I was like, I'm tuning in now. It, they didn't capture my attention, obviously, I'm a 12 year old boy. But it's just really interesting how that shaped up. But um, I'm thinking with that, you know, success of the WB network, because the, them and now the CW are pretty much single handedly responsible for, yeah. you know, keeping these things popular. I wonder how much this will sound really crazy, but this is where my mind went. The resurgence of like these slasher horror films in the mid '90s, like Scream, mm-hmm. I know what you did last summer, right. um, with their young teen cast. Right. How if that played a role in making these shows, you know, a little more popular? I mean, I know the, the genres couldn't be any more different, but it was kind of like you mentioned, Pretty uh, Pretty Little Liars, Vampire Diaries, Teen Wolf, and stuff with supernatural elements. I'm wondering if that was just kind of like a precursor to what we have now. Right. Well, I didn't. I didn't want to read the entire article. Right. But 
there were two other really interesting points in the Vox article about Dawson's Creek. The first one was that I can't remember if it's the writer. I want to say it's the, the writer the of writer. Dawson's Creek. Mm -hmm. Maybe the director, but I think the writer came to Dawson's Creek fresh off of Scream, the mm -hmm. movie. Okay. Um, so a different genre, but the same kind of voice. And so like that idea of yeah. like teens together in right. turmoil. I mean, and then you have, you have, um, Buffy herself. I can't remember her name. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar, who's yeah. in the first, I know what you did uh -huh. last summer. I mean, so. Right. And then the second really cool point in the article was the writer that came up with that pivot mm -hmm. for the love triangle um, from season two to season three of Dawson's Creek was a fledgling writer named Greg Berlanti. Oh, who is the um, yeah. showrunner in, uh, of the Arrowverse, yes. basically. Um, the, Who's the, now like the, the king of the CW. Of, of, yeah, yeah, exactly, because he has 20 shows on it. Right. <laughs> right. That's so pretty that awesome. Super interesting. Wow. So a lot of things we love came out of teen drama. Look at that. So, <laughs> I mean, if you were wondering, like, should you listen to this episode? I, you didn't watch any of these teen dramas. Look. These teen dramas are responsible, quite possibly, for some of your happiness at some point. So, honestly, um, all right. So that's that's pretty neat. Um, Ashby, would you like to go first, or Kyle, or I don't want to go first, but I'll go second. Kyle <laughs> said no, so I'm going first. I guess I just said it don't matter, but I'm good either way. Okay, Ashby, go first. Go for it. Okay, so um, for the people who are watching this through Facebook Live, I brought a little show and tell. Um, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but I'll describe what I'm holding. I like the GameStop. You is it GameStop? Uh, Probably. Um, like the used tag. Is either um, GameStop or this? Um, this or like, uh, like the, the buy and sell or something? Yeah. 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 Cool. So clearly, in college, like I, the funds were low. Okay, I had to buy used. Hey, it's okay. There's no judgment here. <laughs> That's where my right. video games came. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. So this is the first season of Buffy on DVD. Yeah, because that's before streaming. That's you had, a thing. You had to buy everything on DVD. Yep. And that was before Blu-ray. That's right. That was before streaming. Yes, and your favorite season of your favorite shows came to you complete with like all of these like discs that you had to take in and take out every single time. Oh, and they came with these cool little inserts. That's little insert. That had information in them. Ooh. Um, you know. Sorry. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Let's all let's look at all my cool. Mm -hmm. Old used DVDs. Oh, can I read the little um? Absolutely. The little thing here. I mean, yeah. I don't. Or do you want to read? I mean, no, you can read it. Okay. Girls just want to have fun. After moving to Sunnydale, California, Buffy Ann Summers just wants to be a normal teenager. Back in Los Angeles, her first watcher had died. She inadvertently burned down the school gymnasium at her old high school, and her parents got a divorce. The move to Sunnydale is supposed to give both her and her mother Joyce a clean slate. But then she meets the school librarian, Rupert Giles. Giles? Giles. Giles, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And quickly learns that there is no escaping her destiny. With Giles as her new watcher, she reluctantly steps back into her role as the Slayer. The Slayer. But this time, she is not fighting alone. For she now has an inner circle of special friends ready to join the fight and drive in a stake or two if need be. Willow, Xander, Cordelia, and a mysterious young man named Angel. Dot, dot, dot. Great job. Wow, honestly. <laughs> I mean, 
And, you know, for those at home that don't know, Eric's never seen Buffy. Never so seen Buffy. that was all new to him. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I revealed that to her, and I'm still alive. So. Barely. <laughs> Barely. 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 So, I didn't mean to do this. We're going to watch I Buffy picked, at some point. <laughs> when I picked my three favorite teen dramas, I, I didn't mean to put them into the framework, but it worked this way. So, I picked... I was thinking. Oh, did it pause? No. Maybe. It blipped. No, it's good. It does that. It does okay. that from time to time. Okay. Guys just don't see it. Well, you mentioned the framework, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then it blipped. Right. Spider-Man. Like, so, I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Matrix. It's yeah. like, don't talk about. Don't talk about the Matrix. The yeah. Matrix. It's like the fight club. Um, so, anyway, I broke what? mine into <laughs> my three it. teen dramas are a teen drama that I was too, that was probably a little too young to appreciate, but loved anyway, mm -hmm. and a teen drama that hit right at my teens, like at the perfect time, and then a teen drama that I love, but am a little too old to really appreciate. Yes. Um, as, so, a, as, a, as a teen. <laughs> Buffy was my too young TV drama. So nice. Buffy hit from 97 to 03. And in 97, I was nine. So I was transitioning out of elementary school and into middle school when Buffy premiered. And I think I got into it because my mom liked it. And she was already watching the WB for shows like Charmed that had a more adult cast in yes. drama. But she must have gotten into it, and I remember—I just remember us watching it together. Um, and it was probably an early pop culture reference for me to what high school might be like, mm -hmm. minus the vampires. So imagine um, like you're packing your books on right. the first day of school. Put a steak in there. Got, got some garlic. Come, yeah. nice little cross here. <laughs> it's like I think you're a little confused. Um, but when I continued to watch the show and rewatch the show as I aged, I really love what it had to say about female power. Friendships, family, death, love, all those kind of big things that you're dealing with at any age. Um, and so for each thing I picked, I have a little quote to go with it from like one of my favorite quotes from the show. So my favorite Buffy quote is, and this is straight from Joss Whedon. Bottom line is, even if you see them coming, you're not ready for the big moments. No one asks for their life to change. Not really. But it does. So what are we? Helpless? Puppets? No. The big moments are going to come. You can't help that. It's what you do afterwards that counts. That's when you find out who you are. Very nice. Um, so, anyway, looking back, there were some problematic moments that I probably shouldn't have been absorbing as a young teen. Like, all of Buffy's romantic relationships were pretty unhealthy in various ways. But ultimately, Buffy's message was really important to young female viewers as a trendsetter of its time. And I have... Something from a hypable article by Selena Wilkins. It says, Buffy, along with its contemporaries, Xena, Warrior, Princess, and Charm, normalized the quirky, scrappy, powerful female heroes for TV audiences. Even those turned off by the series' sillier aspects still absorb Buffy and all she stood for through osmosis. And it would be naive to dismiss the series' importance in terms of shaping the TV landscape as we know it and giving women a space front and center in the countless action series that have followed in its footsteps. Because of Buffy and its wide appeal, TV execs realized the potential of action series with female leads, which led to a golden age of kick-butt women on television, including Alias, Dark Angel, Dead Like Me, Dollhouse, Nikita, Fringe, and even Veronica Mars. You know, Ricky loves Nikita. He watched the whole Hey, series. look, Mom was super into Nikita. I had forgot about Alias. Alias, Alias was really, yeah, really, was good. The first two or three seasons Young were Jennifer really, really good. Yeah, I know. And uh, I really need to get into Veronica Mars because I heard it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah, I miss Veronica Mars somehow, but it should be right up my alley. I think I'm going to binge watch it later Nice. after I get done with Tingle. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay. Cool deal. Um, so Buffy, um, 
I have made a promise to watch Buffy at some point. It's so good. So, oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, I don't want to... I criticize... Well, I don't criticize, but I make fun of Kyle all the time whenever I bring up shows that he should watch, and he's like, I'll watch them fine. And it's still working, isn't it? It should be. Yeah, Sorry okay. for those at home. Yeah. Everyone's um, make a, just make sure that he's yeah, going both. Just making sure. Um, I don't want to... You know, but I can't criticize Kyle for not watching my shows if I won't say I won't watch everyone else's That's shows. That's true. So... Anyway, I'll go next. That's fine. Cool. I didn't really have a um, like a framework, as Ashby put it, um, for my shows. I just I struggled honestly because this is not my most like familiar genre of television show, um, and I was really going to try to stretch the the definition by originally including Boy Meets World as one of my picks. Because um, I know we had talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and it's a sitcom, which is short for situational comedy, um, but it had some dramatic moments, and it was teen-based, so mm-hmm. I thought I could kind of get away with it. Yeah. But, luckily, my friend Kevin Strickland, big fan of the show, he mentioned... <laughs> top fan. Top, one of our top fans, yes. actually. That's right. He mentioned, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, uh, when I saw him, of a show that I remember falling in love with the first time I saw it. Now, I never finished the show, but Clear Eyes, Full Heart, Can't Lose. Friday Night Lights, which uh, which debuted in 2006 on NBC. And it was based off a book uh, of the same name, which talks about a high school football town. And there's also a movie that came out in 03, which I saw in theaters. Was this was the movie before the TV? Before the TV show, yes. And they're not they're only related in the sense that they share the name and they're both inspired by the book, but they're not related by characters or anything like that. The soundtrack's not on the TV show. Is no, it? the soundtrack on the album is amazing. It's amazing. Explosions in the sky do the entire yes. soundtrack yes. for the movie. Yes, and Tim, and it's Tim, already like and Tim McGraw starred in the movie too. Um, but uh, so Friday Night Lights talks about a town that is basically infatuated, worships high school football. And I didn't really realize like how true this could be until I actually visited Texas back in 2013 to visit my friend Mike Watson. Um, and he was driving around to some of these stadiums. And when I say stadiums, I mean actual stadiums for high school high football. School, right. Um, Wiley uh, High School, uh, Wiley East, um, which I think is 5A or 6A, you know, which is the largest classification you can have in Texas, has a stadium that's bigger than some of our colleges around here. I mean, and they pack it. Um, football is definitely king in the king. Midwest. Um, their middle schools have stadiums that are bigger than our high schools. I mean, like, it's definitely um, just huge there. So back to the show, um, it tries to capture what's, what, that's, what it's like. You know, the radio is talking about the big game of the week or whatever. There's news reporters. Everyone's got their signs out in their yard supporting their favorite player or the, the favorite team. Um, the whole town revolves around Friday night football, so for Friday night lights. Um, this show um, is um, it's originally based on o- Odysseus, Texas. Um, but in the show, um, it's talking about the fictional Dillon, Texas, the Dillon Panthers. Um, features the Panthers football coach Eric Taylor, who strives to balance his work, family status, and a sometimes confrontational community. And that's the thing. They don't hold back. 
Like the um, in the show, I watched the rewatched the pilot episode today while I was trying to get some virtual teaching done or virtual lesson plans done, and the people who have no connection to the high school other than the fact they're from the town, they don't have a kid there, they don't have a relative there, they literally are just fans of the football team. He's a first-year coach at this high school. He was you know, in the program. He was an assistant coach before, quarterback's coach, and now he's getting his time to run you know, the show. And they're like, if he doesn't win state championship, we're going to run him out of town. Mm-hmm. I mean, first year. I mean, talk about pressure. Right. They got people interviewing, like the whole team, the quarterback who's being uh, scouted by Notre Dame and USC and the running backs. Like, you know, when I'm done winning a state championship, I'm going to go to Texas. And me and Matt Brown, we're going to win national championships in Texas. I mean, it's – just huge there, and it's um it's just it's really incredible to see this little drama about football in a small town uh, play out. Uh, not to give too much away, I have, like I said, I haven't seen the entire series. Um, I mentioned Mike Watson earlier; he loves the show, and um, I did promise I'd go back and end up watching because he thinks it's fantastic. But um, so Coach Taylor, uh, his wife, and there's a bunch of players um, who are highlighted throughout the se- uh, series. But he explores the lives of the Dillon High School football players, and in the pilot, uh, the coach's protege, the star quarterback Jason Street, suffers an in-game spinal injury uh, that ends his football career. And so now he's trying; he's facing life without football because he had his life mapped out in front of him. Like he was literally talking to like the elementary school kids, like at their FCA or their Pee Wee football meeting, and they're like, "Are you? I think you should play pro ball." He's like, "Well, I appreciate that. I think you could be better than uh, Troy Aikman or uh, Roger Stallback." I appreciate that. Do you think God loves football? I think everyone loves football. And, you know, he's like, it's so king there. And, like, so he's got his life planned out. He's going to go to Notre Dame, and then he's going to be, like, number one pick, and he, you know, play pro football. And then uh, his career, football career is over. He's trying to re-navigate what life's going to look like. Um, There's uh, the sophomore quarterback is, um, he's, He's the reserve. He wasn't, you know, trying to be thrown into the spotlight. Well, now he's being thrown into the spotlight because now he's the next man up. And some, you know, the guy who was going to do all these great things, he's out. Now he has to step up. It's kind of like Varsity Blues. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Varsity? You know. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, tell- I'm telling you guys. It I'm had James Vanderberg and, uh, and um, Paul Walker in it. I figured I, you'd watch I, it. I mean, <laughs> you would think so, but sports movies wow. do not get along. So, um and then, but it highlights other players. One of the players has a clear drinking problem. Like, no, you know, he has family problems. He clear drinking problem. Like, even the interviewer, like, when he's interviewed, I don't mean to be inappropriate, but I just know I'll call. Have you been drinking? It's like, no, I haven't. And so it's just a really interesting look in the lives of the players and, and the coaches and how they're overcoming obstacles. And um, like I said, hadn't finished the series, but based on the pilot episode alone, it, it immediately caught me. It's fantastic. If I had more time, I would have already seen the series. Um, pledging to go back and rewatching that too. But Friday Night Lights, great teen drama. Um, I highly recommend you at least check out the first episode and then judge for yourself. So give me that quote again. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't my, lose. <laughs> my best friend's husband sure. used that quote in his wedding vows. 100%. <laughs> That's that's awesome. And I was the only bridesmaid that was kind of like, what? Really? Do I? Do we know this friend? Really? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Just a college friend. Oh, okay. And I say, love which... her husband, and he did it perfectly. Like he was talking about in them entering their marriage, mm-hmm. you know, together. 
like clear eyes, you know, full hearts can't like. And I'm it, just loving he, how you're going to go home and text her now. Yes. Like, you know how romantic and amazing her husband <laughs> was? He's a liar. Right. He stole right. it. So. Oh, she knew. She knew it was from Friday Night Lights. Because I told her at the reception, I was like, so. And she was like, yeah, I mean, it's his thing. Like, it's cool. <laughs> so, some notable actors in the series. Um, Taylor Kish. Taylor Kish, who <laughs> plays the alcoholic Tim Riggins. Um, <laughs> Kyle Chandler, Connie Britton, uh, Minka Kelly, uh, Jesse Plemons, who uh, resurfaces uh-huh. on Breaking Bad in Season 5. Um, a- uh, Adrian Palicki. Palicki. Uh, who was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. She was also um, Jess in Supernatural. Yep. Michael B. Jordan shows up in the later oh, seasons. Yeah. Yes, I think seasons four and season five. Interesting. So, uh, some really good ensemble uh, cast there. Um, again, worth checking out. So, Kyle. Cool. Number one for you, sir. Ashby already kind of talked about mine, but it's Dawson's Creek. What? what? So, what the what? what? Yep. Say uh, what? 98 to 2003 is when it aired. Uh, I won't go into all the details because you covered a lot of that already. Uh, which is fine you did a great job I really didn't think anyone was going to (laughs) think you did a much better job than what I would have okay Uh, but my (laughs) sister is five years older than I am oh I should have seen that so it was perfect for her to watch it right um, because she fell right in that age where she loved it and watched it every week I didn't watch it the same way but I knew she watched it and I remember it but sometime in middle school it was during summer break Mm -hmm. that I remember waking up and just turning on my TV in my room and whatever channel it was on was it wasn't, you know, live. It was just three runs or whatever. Like, it still was probably on air at the time. But it was syndicated. 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 There you go. <laughs> Signals. Syndicated. Um, syndicated. Yes. Synonyms. But it was <laughs> No, that's a Pokemon. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. So it's one of those things I remember just laying in bed and watching it. And the next thing I was just getting hooked on it. Where it's the same way, like, I'm a teenager. Like, I'm coming to middle school. You know, you're starting to have those, like, puberty feelings of, like, I like girls, I think. Well... I did, but it was just like you're starting to I mean, come to cool. yeah, you're cool. starting to come to agreements with it where it's like this is cool to like girls now. Right. It is not, absolutely. It's, it's not like gross or it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not cutie yeah, yeah. field. Yeah, but you don't know what to do with yeah. them yet. You're it's like, like, like I think I like them, but I feel like um, Ricky Bob. What, what, yeah. what I do my hands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know so, what to do with my hands. But. Uh, I remember, I feel like the reason I really grabbed me is because Joshua Jackson was on it. Mm. And he was a major person in the Mighty Ducks. Like, all Uh. three movies of the Mighty Ducks, he's one of the main characters. So, as he went on, I was like, oh, there's Charlie. Like, what's he doing here? And so, like... Kissing girls. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what he was doing. Yes. So, but I remember it being, like, the first show like this that I ever watched. Because, Mm -hmm. or at least watched continually. Because that whole summer, like, once I realized it was on, because it was a couple episodes in a row every day before it was switched to something else. So I would start waking up every day, and just that's how I would start my day. Like, up to about lunchtime, it was on TV. So I would lay in bed and watch Dawson's Creek. I don't even know if my sister, because she graduated when I was in seventh grade. So I feel like at some point in all this, like, it was just me at home watching. Like, my right. sister wasn't there. <laughs> but, like, I knew she liked it, so that's what made me want to look at it and watch it and see. Um... But it really, especially for that age for me, there was a lot of topics that are covered on there where, like, Dawson's dad is just a good dude, pretty much. Like, you know, he's a reputable man or whatever else. But his dad dies. Like, spoiler alert. But they have an argument. His dad gets, yeah, his dad gets in you know, his truck and is heading out. And the person across the line hits him in a car accident and he dies. And Dawson's, all I can think about is the last thing that he talked about with his dad was the argument. Especially like being in middle school and realizing like your parents could, you know, unless you'd experienced that already, but you could lose your parents at any moment and that could be a big deal. 
Um, in the same way you had Pacey on the other side of it where his dad was an alcoholic. And I never had that problem. My parents didn't really drink. And so I never had that issue of having to try to be around drunk parents or anything. Mm. And his dad was the one that, like, you know, had no hope at all for Pacey, his son. He thought, you know, he was worthless and everything else. And there was this one episode that, like, it's gut-wrenching, but his dad's drunk on a beach. And he's having to try to, like, help his dad to get out or get back whatever, but he's passed out. And there's this whole scene of him sitting on there on the beach with his dad. And his dad's passed out. But him just having a conversation back and forth with his dad pretty much by himself. And he just gets really to the point. He's like, when did you give up on me? It's like, was it when I was five? Like, I'm only 16 and you've already given up on me completely. And he's all upset and crying. And it's like, you're crying and everything else. Uh, and it's just a really big deal. And so... Those type of emotional moments, like, you had some of those in some of the other shows I watched growing up, but it wasn't a continual type thing. Uh, but yeah, for me, that was the, the one that stands out. Even just talking about teen dramas in general, that's the one I always think about. I don't know necessarily I've watched the entire series. I know I caught the end of it. Mm -hmm. Because at least in that syndication, it was continually to play in order. And so towards the end, I ended up seeing, like, the end and everything else and how that all worked out and being happy about it and everything else to that extent. But... I don't know. That's my number one pick for teen dramas. Cool. Moving on. Ashley. Second Okay. Round. Second. So, <clears throat> just the right age, right? Now we're, mm. now we're to my just the yes. right age teen drama. Mm. Yes. One Tree Hill. Nice. nice. 03 to 2012. Hang on. The theme song for that was uh, I Don't Want to Be Like Gavin DeGraw? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to um, be Also, again. for... Those of you who don't know, the podcast is based in North Carolina, and One Tree Hill is shot in what Wilmington. used to be called, yeah, Wilmington, North Carolina, what used to be called the um, L.A. of the East. Dawson's Creek so, or the Holly, Hollywood of the East. Carolina. Yes, Dawson's Creek also. But what Friday was, Night Lights was filmed in Texas. Texas. Well, I mean, <laughs> Austin, <obviously>. Texas. <laughs> What's interesting is so Dawson's Creek was filmed in Wilmington. So was Scream. Um, there Iron are, Man Three. Iron Man Three. There are a lot of things that are filmed in North Carolina. Um, not as much anymore, but used to be some like serious. Uh, you know, blockbuster things. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, why That's another episode. That's a whole other episode. Yep. But the point is, um, is that what was different about One Tree Hill is Dawson's Creek obviously was filmed here, but it was supposed to be set in Cape Cod. One Tree Hill is set and filmed in a coastal town of North Carolina. So Tree Hill, North Carolina was the setting for the show, which was really cool. That's nice. Um, but again, opening with uh, a quote... It's the oldest story in the world. One day you're 17 and planning for someday, and then quietly and without you ever really noticing, someday is today, and that someday is yesterday, and this is your life. I feel like this oh, is our life now. Like, we're yeah. like, I, okay. tearing up there. It's like, I, I know. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. I feel like Andy Bernard on the last episode. Yes. Like, yes. Like, you know, I wish I knew when the good, you know, the good old days, you know, before, you know when that, what, what you was wish the you knew. That you were in the good old days when they were happy. Yeah. It's horrible. We're doing a horrible job of that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> that was, now you know why I cried. That was poignant. Oh my goodness. Like it hit me in the feels. Yeah. Wow. Thank yeah. Macklemore. So, I'm going to oh. let you guys take a second. One Tree Hill did that every single week. Every single week, <laughs> they hit you in the feels. And I was right, I was right in that, that bracket where they were in high school and I was in high school. Um, so the show hit square within my teen years. 
everyone has that high school drama they watched in high school that informed <laughs> how they felt and acted. I, look, I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> That's you the first should. time in weeks so we need to sit on the couch. Uh, look, oh, I'm talking about your show. Oh my! If goodness. you think that's bad, you should hear some of the other One Tree Hill quotes. I haven't even seen the show. Uh, I think it's time to go home. Do you want me to read it again? One Tree Hill. No, no don't, don't read it again. I'm already on the edge. Skip Buffy. Go to One Tree Hill. <laughs> okay. um, wow. Anyway, so uh, everyone had that high school drama they watched in high school that informed how they felt and acted. Um, that has characters that they related to and situations portrayed on TV that they were in the middle of going through. And One Tree Hill was 100% that for me. As I went to college and got older and grew into an adult, One Tree Hill did something amazing. They skipped ahead. To me, at the time, it was unprecedented. No other show had gone off the air in May with their characters graduating high school and came back that September with their characters coming back into town and catching up on their lives after having graduated college or whatever they had been doing in the interim four to five years. So to talk about this a little bit and kind of talk about how One Tree Hill created that model, um, there's an e-online article by Gene Bentley. It says, Pretty Little Liars is skipping forward five years when the show returns to its new network in January, but never forget One Tree Hill did it first. Former Tree Hill resident James Lafferty, who plays Nathan Scott, says he and his castmates were skeptical of the move when creator Mark Schwann initially suggested it. It was sort of a jarring proposition at first, he said. It was like, can this even work? It did. We caught up with the Tree Hill High Gang later, and the intervening five years had done wonders for the small town crew. That was kind of the running joke, he said. It was like the world's most successful senior class of a small town high school. Um, so I went from being able to see myself in these characters to being able to project my hopes for my future adult-slash-professional life into the adult-slash-professional lives in the characters they, they were building in the last few seasons as adults. And it worked because the actors just went from playing high schoolers to playing their actual ages. One Tree Hill took a tumultuous leap ahead, a huge bargain that paid off during a time in my life when everything felt like I was also taking a tumultuous leap ahead. And let's not forget the music. Gavin DeGraw, Tyler Hilton, Kate Vogel, Jax Mannequin, Bethany Joy Lenz, Jimmy Eat World, Dashboard Confessional... Plus, Pete Wentz didn't just appear with Fallout Boy for a cameo. The bassist was on three episodes as himself and had a brief fling with Peyton. He surprised Peyton with breakfast at a cabin and later put on eyeliner with the girls. Wow. Nice. So that's One Tree Hill. Wow. And I also have the first season on DVD. Does this also have a little yes. insert? Um, Tree Hill is a small town, maybe too small for half-brothers Lucas and Nathan Scott, who share the same father but two very different lives. Nathan is the golden boy, Lucas the abandoned, illegitimate son, and now both of them are on the same high school basketball team. So, featuring all 22 year one episodes... This bonus pack collection chronicles the heartbreak, challenges, lies, and loves that erupt from the fateful new relationship between Lucas and Nathan. Given their past, the boys would have a hard time enough working together, but add in the romantic complications engendered by three beautiful girls, plus the emotional turmoil created by adults who relive their long-ago decisions and lives are guaranteed to collide. Wow. I think it does. Oh, yeah. They all came with inserts. Nice. They're <laughs> the comments, too. Oh, what does it say? Oh, it's Hunter Biden. He's like, please stop talking about One Tree Hill, probably. <laughs> Chad Michael Murray. Mm. I think, is it Sean or Gus that has a problem with Chad Michael Murray? It's like, Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? 
I mean, Chad Walker Murray is one of those people that you love to hate and hate to love. Yep. I'm going to see what Hunter's comment says. But that's that's me on Winter Hill. I could talk about it forever. And make us cry uh, make forever. Make you cry. I could quote it forever. It is a fantastic show that has fantastic quotes. Um, I will say, just a little Easter egg, One Tree Hill is the name of the show. The name of the town it's based in is called Tree Hill. And there's a there's an, a scene in, I think, maybe the first season where Lucas is trying to talk about how much he hates being in Tree Hill because of all the drama. And his mom says, there's only one Tree Hill, Lucas Scott, and it's your home. And they don't say it again until... The very last episode, I think, where Lucas's best friend, um, oh my gosh, whose name I'm going to forget? This is terrible. Uh, anyway, she is talking to her son, and it's a wrap-up episode, obviously, with being a, a series finale. And she's talking to Jamie about her hopes and dreams for him. And she says, there's only one Tree Hill, Jamie, and it's your, Jamie Scott, and it's your home. Wow. And so, the very last episode, they got enough money to pay to play One Tree Hill by U2. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And every, every episode was like that. Every episode, it wasn't just the drama, it was the way they mixed music of the time and introduced you to bands that you might not have known about, and the quotes, and just, it was just. Oh, it was beautiful. Just kiss. I was, I was trying to look it up because there's a band that's local, but they made it big, but it was he's a legend. And I think their lead singer, Skylar Krim, he was on one of these TV shows. And I was mm -hmm. trying to remember, like, was it One Tree Hill? Was it not? I was trying to search it, but it wouldn't show up. But I just remember Maybe. he and played I, a rock star on the show. Like, it wasn't like a constant. It was right. just like an episode or two. But, well, and I wouldn't swear to this, um, but I think One Tree Hill was one of the first shows to put out compilation CDs nice. of the music that had been featured in that season. So that's how big the now. music like, was. You it's, sold me on it. I oh want to go gosh. home. Like, at first I was like, I'll rewatch Dawson's Creek. It's like, no, so good. No, if you love Dawson's Creek, mm -hmm. you will love One Tree Hill. And I'm I think there's like eight or nine seasons maybe. I think nine seasons, yeah. I'm um, and it gets a little wackadoodle at the end, but then they bring it back in the last season. Yeah. And it's just, it's so good. It's so poignant. Look, it's before wonderful. I start crying over all the One Tree okay. Hill, can we get back to politics, please? Please. <laughs> um... Yeah, we have a comment from Hunter um, Batten on our Facebook live feed. Yeah. Um, Bad news. Bat, uh, what does it say? I'm excited to watch this YouTube video on Monday. <laughs> oh, no, Hunter, I'm Been sorry. Been missing my What the What podcast. Hunter, um... Here's the thing, bud. So, <laughs> you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. We will not be on YouTube Monday because we are not recording this one. Well, we nice. made it... To make it clear, we, we had our meeting the other week where we skipped a week before Rookie of the Year to have a planning meeting. Right. We're not Ooh. getting rid of YouTube altogether. It's getting hot here. But right now we're focusing on trying to make the podcast better, which will in, <laughs> in turn get back to YouTube, That's making right. YouTube better. But our focus, we've decided to really focus more on the podcast and going forward with that. So for right now, you'll probably miss out on YouTube unless we just start doing some blank ones without video, but just have like the logo up or something to load it. So, yep. sorry, Hunter. Sorry, buddy. You're our one viewer on YouTube, and we've let yep. you down. Yep. I love, I love, by the way, I, so we were saying it's hot because it, it is hot in the room that we record sometimes, but I love that I started out this episode trying to convince you to watch Buffy, and what I've actually done is convince both of you to watch, watch One Tree Hill. Hill. <laughs> 
See, if you came yes. up with lines like that, like, she didn't sing a line, and here I am, like, I need to go home and watch this. Oh, man. Versus you've been oh, pitching man. me, like, psych, and so many other shows for the longest time. Look. Hit me in the feels like she just did. I mean, I'm going home to watch, you know. Okay. I don't know if Erica's going to be home or not right now, but we're going home to watch I, that. Look, One Tree Hill, like, every time. So what's your number two pick, sir? I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> All right, so you know I mentioned earlier that I struggled coming up with my list. Mm-hmm. This one's included not because it's necessarily one of my top three. I mean, I guess it is by default, but it's included because I actually watched it growing up. Young and the Restless. No. Oh, that was mine. First I of all, it with my dad. first of all, my soap opera choice was Port Charles. Um, it was only half an hour. It came on um, after Passions. It mm-hmm. came on after the noon news on Channel Eleven. So I'd watch Price is Right, <laughs> then the noon news. Okay, then, um, I like anyway. it. Anyway, um, You're such an informed, well-rounded child. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was. Where are the rotting our minds on Nickelodeon and like, I'm like, <laughs> you really love them. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so uh, my uh, second choice is. Another WB classic. Mm. Seventh Heaven. Nice. Ah, seventh Heaven. Seventh <laughs> Heaven. And I was trying to remember the theme song. I actually looked at the list. Seventh Heaven. Because I used to I used to be able to Mama sing the theme song. I don't even remember. Yeah. So uh, Seventh Heaven was a series that followed the Reverend Eric Camden, a Protestant minister living in the fictional town of Glen Oak, California, as well as Eric's wife Annie and their seven children. Um, originally there were five children, but then they had twins later mm-hmm. on in season three. I watched um, Seven as well. Yeah, so, um, all the children except for Lucy are named after key biblical figures. So you had Matt, Mary, Simon, Ruthie, and I don't remember, the, uh, the twins were David and... Goliath? Goliath? No. Because <laughs> 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 well, wasn't he a pastor? Yeah, yeah. His dad? Okay. The dad was a pastor, which is a um, funny story. So, side note. Um, the uh, character, uh, Stephen Collins, before he went off the rails and did some stupid things, uh, he appeared on like Celebrity Jeopardy um, like, during the height of Seventh Heaven. And one of the categories was like Bible verses. And like you would have to finish the quote. So it was like, in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, mm-hmm. and he came back with the wrong quote. I'm like, you're a pastor on TV, and you don't know in the beginning God created the heavens and the I earth? Mean, but turns out he's Jewish. But which makes it doubly worse, because that's also the first line in the Torah. Say, so, don't they have the Old Testament? They, that's all they have is the Old Testament. Rabbi, come on. Come on, Rabbi Eric That have been your first clue about televangelists right there. <laughs> Losers. For real. But, um, so there's, uh, this show was on for 11 seasons. It pretty much launched, like helped launch the WB network and was one of the highest rated shows ever on Monday nights. Um, so instead of watching Monday Night Raw, like my friends, I'd watch Seven Heaven because it came on regular TV. And, um, but, uh, despite, um, you know, the house is always full. They're always bringing in people. And, um, the parents television council, who I've grown to not really like over the years, uh, they often cited Seventh Heaven among the top ten most family-friendly shows. The show was praised for its positive portrayal of a cleric and for promoting honesty, respect for parental authority, and the importance of a strong family and a good education through its storylines. 
Two thumbs down. And I'm thinking, <laughs> did y'all actually watch this show? <laughs> like a thing about like it's it's nine o'clock. Do you know where your children are? And I always get that with I told you last night. No. Teen pregnancy. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. trying to think. Like I remember more of the big things happening on the show. Right. It was like teaching you lessons. Well, the council explained Seventh Heaven manages to provide moral solutions to tough issues facing teenagers without seeming preachy or heavy-handed. First of all, it was very preachy. It was was a preacher! Um, uh, Additionally, (laughs) unlike most TV series, Seventh Heaven shows the consequences of reckless and irresponsible behavior. It was also noted that while addressing topics such as premarital sex and peer pressure, these parents are eager to provide wise counsel along with love and understanding. That's all well and good, but other critics felt differently. I mean, to be fair, I remember watching it. I was not into it, but I would watch it with my mom if like, she was watching TV. Because, you know, you had the parents were like, I'm watching something. So yes. you can either watch it with you me can wait or you can go to your room. Yes. Or you can go so to your room. So I would watch it, and inevitably there would be an episode where she would ha- it would end and she would turn to me and go... <sighs> So let's talk about what we just watched. Yes. And I would be like, no! <laughs> I should have went in my room. <laughs> I'll go to my room now. So other critics felt differently about the show, citing Seventh Heaven as arguably one of the worst long-running shows on television. As reasons are stated, for example, the heavy-handed moralizing Christian propaganda and depiction of a caricature family of a real family that is so clean it is obscene. Some criticized the predictable plot lines of each episode that followed the same pattern. One of the Camden family has a problem and or slash secret. Some sort of Three's Company-esque misunderstanding ensues as a result of that problem and slash or secret. A confrontation and slash or intervention takes place, usually involving a mini-sermon by one of the Camden parents or children in the later seasons. It was like if Growing Pains and Touched by an Angel had a Merged, child. yes. Yeah. But they wouldn't do that because that's not morally... That's, anyway. not, that's not Touched by an no, Angel. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, whoever stands at the center of the drama eventually figures out how to do the right thing. And we're not talking about the uh, the movie. Uh, on top of this, implausible scenarios are seen to be regularly included, such as the daughter Mary's absence from the show for several seasons being scarcely explained with the character being busy, wayward, or she's living with you know relatives in New York. Like, so this is the show that launched Jessica Biel's career. Yeah. She got um, pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they well, I mean, family. Honestly, there were there were issues like that. I mean, yeah. like. So it's on my list. They were like the Duggars before the Duggars. They had so many. Basically, they, uh, it was on my list because I did enjoy it growing up. Looking back on it, it's on Hulu. I found that it was on Hulu, so I might go back and rewatch to see if it holds up. I'm guessing it doesn't, but that's okay. You know, my third show on my list also doesn't hold up very well either. Oh, but, no. <laughs> but that's oh, okay. No. Like I, said, I don't have a lot of experience in the teen TV drama, so I'm just giving you the ones I'm familiar with, and they're my top three by default. Seventh Heaven. Good show, you know. Yeah, good yeah, yeah. morals, enjoyed it, um, and we'll move on. Heaven. great theme song. Yeah, great catchy theme song. If nothing else, uh, the dog's name was Happy. I remember that. Yes, yes, and he was this cute little long-haired, like white floppy. But uh, Seventh Heaven but. was basically every episode was that that special um, like. Um, TV sitcom episode they would have on Saved by the Bell right. or Boys World. They just had that every week for seventh. Say no to drugs, kids. Say no to drugs. Uh, alcohol is bad. Right. Um, Steroids. You know, don't, don't do go it. to the prom with your girlfriend. Right. Like they did in uh, right. Boys World. Leave space for Jesus. Yeah. When you dance. Six inches. That was the original social distancing. Yeah. Now it's six feet. Mm. Oh, man. Kyle, number three. <laughs> so I brought us down. She brought us up with one trio, and I'm like, 
I'm about to leave you just kind of hanging in the middle because I feel like this is probably one of the most unknown TV drama shows of all time. Okay. Uh, we had a text conversation back and forth. I had a different show in this place, and then we had a conversation today. Just to clarify, if you looked at our Instagram or Facebook today, <laughs> I posted some things talking about sitcoms or also just in general, and I also oh made the mistake of just saying TV drama. And Ashby corrected that, like, or it's making sure this afternoon text with each other. That's not like, is she it, corrected it. Well, she did. Well, it was like, is this TV drama or is it teen TV Kyle drama? Kyle gave me a heart attack. I was like, wait a second. That, those are completely like, If we're different. doing TV no. dramas, then come That's on, right. Law and Order SVU. That's Let's right. go. Let's go work for Texas right now. <laughs> in my mind, it was one of those things that was in the middle of work. And so just typing fast, it was easier to say TV drama instead of teen TV drama. That's true. And so I, messed, I went back and corrected it later. But, uh, so... With that today, I kicked out one of mine to find another. And so I typed in, like, you know, what is it now? Not 2000s, but aughts. aughts. The aughts. I typed aughts. in aughts. You ought to get this right the first time. I typed in aughts TV dramas. And the first one that came to mind was this one. And it actually, I was like, I don't know if that's considered TV drama. And then there it was, listed as TV drama. Uh, a show called Skate. S-K-8. Or okay. pronounced as Skate. Uh, real quick synopsis is half hour teen drama that aired on NBC TNBC Saturday morning programming block uh, from October 6, 2001 to January 5th, 2002 with 13 episodes. The show continued in reruns uh, and then ended up stopping in September of 2002. Uh, the show features storylines concerning the life of an inspiring, an aspiring pro skateboarder and his relationships with a motley crew of friends. The show featured guest appearances by professional skateboarders in guerrilla film and video shooting styles. So I remember watching, obviously I still watch Saturday morning cartoons for the longest time, mm -hmm. and this show kind of got thrown in there in the midst of it, and I don't know if it was one of those things that, you know, instead of Soul Train, this came on or something, but I remember this hit right at the peak of the resurgence of skateboarding, because in the late 80s, early 90s, it kind of died out, it wasn't necessarily the cool thing anymore, a lot of pros couldn't be pro anymore, uh, but then taking into consideration, this is... You know, it's a 2001, so I'm 8th grade, roughly in there. Right. 8th grade, ninth grade. And so, it's a show all about skateboarding. So, Tony Hawk had come out a year or two prior. Um, I was skateboarding all the time. I wasn't in the cars because I wasn't old enough to drive. So, skateboarding was what I did. That was my identity, I felt like. I played music and I skated. And so, a lot of friends, this is what we all did. So, I remember seeing this show and it come on and being like, I can relate to this. These are the type of journeys because I was still in that midst of teenageness where you like kind of create those own stories in your brain. It's like, this is what I would do in my adventure with my friends. Um, but it's, it just follows this kid. Honestly, if you were to go back and watch it, it would just be very cheesy. And I feel like I watched an episode today and it is cheesy. But they're dealing so with... So we'll heaven. Yes. But, but and even I feel like even younger, like I knew it was cheesy, but it was something that I could relate to. So I watched it and enjoyed it, but it could turn, you know, you dealt with things such as police officers, you know, and skateboarding where you're not supposed to, and police officers taking your deck, and like, it showed it up, like in that episode, he opened his trunk, and all of a sudden all the guys are standing around like, well, that's so-and-so's board, and that's so-and-so's board, because this whole trunk is full of skateboards, with the <laughs> cop, like, just collected them. Um, and then, I remember there was one, though, that there was this guy skateboarding, the main character was like skating behind some big store. And the owner came out and like got upset at him and evidently messed up some property. So he had to work it off by working for him or whatever. And the guy either ended up building him a rail or allowed him to skate the place like 
from here on out, no problems, no troubles and stuff. Huh. And this was the time where, like, Josiah Maltzby was my neighbor, mm-hmm. Brandon Evans was my neighbor. We, Alex like, Yeah, you came home from school and you skateboarded. And so, like, I remember at that age, like, building ramps and building rails and trying to figure out how to do things. Um, so, it, just for me, like, you can envision that. Like, oh, I could go work somewhere. They randomly would build me a rail or do something like that. Um, I think that's halfway from playing the Tony Hawk video games and, like, doing things to win or whatever. But, like I said, I don't... Like going back and watching it then, like you didn't really have YouTube, or you, I don't, you didn't, but you had LimeWire, whatever you could download videos. But for me, I, I didn't. Kaza. Yeah, Kaza. I did. I downloaded my videos on Kaza. And then LimeWire after Kaza destroyed my computer. Napster. Napster yeah. was before Kaza. Yes. Yeah. But I ended up doing like because I didn't. <laughs> I downloaded some skateboard videos, but this is kind of what led me into like, oh, there's actually like these pros that you can watch other than mm-hmm. random clips you'd see here and there. I had a bunch of PD to music videos. You were the skater yeah. boy. She said, "See." Pretty much, it was right in that same time period. So <laughs> it wasn't good enough for her. But it's that oh, same thing. They never changed. But she no. did. But she died. She did. She died and was <laughs> replaced. And now she's replaced mm-hmm. with a blonde. Yes. But uh, I don't know. It was for me. It was something I enjoyed because they had prof- they did have professional skaters on there. Like I said, the plot and the storyline was kind of whatever. Right. But the way it was filmed was really cool because they only did it with like one camera, like you would with skateboarders actually right. skating. And the people actually skating were pretty good. So it I wasn't like I barely remember thing. this because it wasn't my thing, but I, I think I saw like trailer, like commercials yeah. for it. I bl- so. I'm in the dark. Just this was on regular TV. You should have watched I should have. This might have <laughs> been, yeah. yeah. been the one show I missed. This is, yeah. this you said it was on NBC, thing. and I wasn't a big NBC. Like, we watched ABC. That's fair, yeah. ABC yeah. and CBS and the WB. I don't think we got 17 very good in our house. I just flipped <laughs> back and forth. But, like I said, it's not one of those amazing ones, but if I had to think back and, like, choose something, it's like, I knew Dawson's Creek. I watched 100%. I was like, what other drama did I really watch? Because right. I didn't get into One Trio. I didn't get into, like, the obvious right. ones. And so, like, I actually tried getting into One Tree Hill, but like for the basketball, right? But I, yeah, I'm about to try again. Yeah, I'm gonna try again. Try again. Try again. I don't know if I should put it ahead of Buffy or not. Oh, that's a tough one. Because I actually thought she was gonna murder me. Two very different shows. You know, you have to think what you're in the mood for. But Buffy, Buffy also has some some real killer quotes too. I'm not looking to cry. If that means I can do that on With the way the world's going, I can do that on my own. So right. I mean, I mean it did, like what drill did make you cry every week? But like it really, it did, it did give you like an emotional. Then again, Agents of Shield made me cry last night. So well, I mean, at this point, it's just you know whatever. Look, so. I already told you how I cried Saturday watching a Leonard Skinner <laughs> documentary. Okay, so like let's not talk about what's making us cry these days because yeah. like basically that that, that could be our longest four hour episode, That's right. second episode. <laughs> what, what makes you cry these days? Yes. What the, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Michael J. Fox. Most Round three. Here depressing. we go. Yes, Michael okay. J. Fox, the basketball wolf. Yes. Teen Wolf is my number three. I which love has that. Love that movie. Literally nothing to do like with the movie. Wait, what? No, he did. He did. He surfed on top of a van in the mm-hmm. movie. Little little uh, background for you. I've literally never seen Teen Wolf. I haven't either. That's great. So I don't. I know it has Michael J. Fox and he plays basketball. I've seen the surfing. And somehow him becoming Wolf makes him a better basketball player. Doesn't he like Wolf out in front of the entire in front of the entire gym? That's how it ends. Well, no, he does it not even then. It's like that goosebumps episode. 
you know, with the yeah, kid comes a dog. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Didn't we talk about that episode? Yes. My yes, Harrison Adventure, yes. We're yeah. coming full circle, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, anyway, so I'm... Teen I, Wolf. My introduction to Teen Wolf was the TV show on MTV. So this is my... Um, the, I was a little too video old. Sensation. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, so this is 2011 to 2017. So I was coming out of grad school, going into the adult workforce. I was definitely not a teenager anymore. Um, but I was looking for shows, especially towards the end of grad school, that I could watch and enjoy and forget about how much grad school was sucking the life out of me. Britney Spears song written about that. Mm. Probably. I'm not a girl. Not yet a woman. Oh, God. Anyway. Terrible. (laughs) Moving on. Um, So, my Teen Wolf quote is very short. Not all monsters do monstrous things. Ooh. So, that one didn't make me cry at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she had a tattoo across her chest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Teen Wolf operated in gray areas, and I loved it for that. There were a lot of moral ambiguity situations. There were monsters and hunters and humans, all a mixed bag of equally good and bad intentions, depending on the character. Um, I pulled in an article from Screen Rant that said Teen Wolf began with the idea that werewolves were monsters. It quickly showed that just because someone was turned into a monster, like Scott when he got bit in the first episode of the first season, they didn't have to be a monster. Scott and those in his eventual pack became heroes rather than villains. So I was arguably too old to be 100% sold on teen drama, but I was also late to discovering and watching Vampire Diaries at the same time I was falling in love with Teen Wolf, and I love Vampire Diaries just as fervently, too, despite the fact that I was well into grad school and later out in the adult world, but relishing in the zeal of losing myself in high school drama again, because I promise you once you get into the adult world, high school drama is still interesting, but seems very trivial in comparison very to adult drama. Yes. So um, I was I put I was just old enough to know that so much of the angst that they were feeling the characters truly had no importance in the adult world. But I was just young enough to remember when everything I felt as I felt it was more important than anything else that could possibly be happening around me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that feeling yes. in high school? I remember yep. it strongly. Yes, strongly. So that's why I feel like as an adult, I still am drawn to teenage drama because I relish the simplicity of that mm, feeling I of knowing that with certainty that whatever I'm feeling is the biggest and greatest and most important thing that I like have ever felt and will ever feel until the next time I feel something. Mm. And then that'll be the next greatest, most important thing I've ever felt. And just living yeah. your life like that. That's like going day. back and reading any of my journals from high school. They're yes. all that way. Where yes. It's like, this happened today. My yes. life is over. Right. This yes. is horrible. This yes. happened. Everything's great. Yeah. It's like one second yes. you're like, I think that so and so likes me. Next entry, I'm dating so and so again, and it's right. like you're just living. Like if you, if for you like go back and, and valleys, if yes. you can find the archives of Zanga.com/slash Erica Mac15. Okay. Oh man. If you find that, if you can find my old Zanga from account from 03 to 06, or my like, old life oh journal. my goodness, God. Um, <sighs> anyway, so I said. Plus, there were characters like Derek closer to my age that I can get into without feeling like a creepy 20-something with the hots for a guy who is closer to my own age in real life was at least playing a 16-year-old, which felt weird, mm-hmm. which is what I felt when I saw Dylan O'Brien playing Styles Delinsky for the first time. I mean, nice. come on. How yeah. can you not? Styles is the heartbeat of Teen Wolf. His character is central to the chewy concepts Teen Wolf tackles about humanity and loyalty and morality and heart and smarts and so much more. Plus, his acting, especially... Just got better and better as the seasons went on, and I'm not surprised he became a leading man movie star following Teen Wolf. 
Um, Teen Wolf is still the one single thing that came out of post 2000s MTV that I will shamelessly and gleefully admit I watched. They you had didn't sharp watch writing. No, I loved. It. I didn't watch a single reality show. They had sharp writing, great acting, and fantastic effects. And the showrunner Jeff Davis and MTV really deserve credit for a lot of the not for the sake of plot, thoughtful and unapologetic representation Teen Wolf had too. Nice. And there's my Teen Wolf first season on DVD. You, you hear that? Yeah. You hear that plastic case? Yeah. Well, that, that, that's just a signal. <laughs> that's just a one, like one little picture. That's the signal that we're getting closer to the streaming uh, era. This is literally just a yep. Just a, just an advertisement for Teen Wolf season or season two premiere Sunday June third. Well, that's because we moved out into the aughts and into the tens. So gotcha. inserts are getting less and less. Less and less aggressive. They're, well, they're trying to save the world. That's right. Who can blame them? So, we were talking about MTV dramas, and it made me think back to there was one that I watched that I'm ashamed to even mention. Oh boy! But it was late night MTV dramas. It was a show called Undressed, which was pretty much. <laughs> A soft porn show on MTV. Oh boy! Yeah. As a young teenager, putting the Eve aside this episode now. Family show. No one's watching, thank goodness. (laughs) I I would watch that, and you want to know what's really creepy? At this point, might as well go into it. Let's do it. Jason David Frank makes an appearance. No. Makes an appearance. No. Pretty positive with him. Is he undressed? (laughs) Ashley's looking it up right now. (laughs) Nobody's ever. You never see anybody fully naked on the show. But as Siri, a, show me Jason David Franks in Undressed. <laughs> my phone comes up with that. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be mad at you. <laughs> so that did not make my list. And it's something that honestly was probably pretty horrible. But So you never saw anything. But like, what was the premise? It's literally like college kids age. Like okay. So doing they're things. legal. That's good. Yeah. And it's just, just all Doing things. Doing things. Yeah. It is. Like, you used your imagination. Like, they showed you enough that you didn't have to think too hard. Okay. And there we go. Our rating just jumped. I am putting the E on this. Yes, the opposite of seventh heaven. Take that. Putting putting the E. Yes. (laughs) It was. We were talking about that on you know top stupid games you play at parties all the time. All the E's. All the E's. Well, if. That didn't break our rating for me to put the my next entry wheel. Oh, <laughs> Lord. So, picture it. 2008. Okay. I was not yet Coach Creech. I'm in college. I'm in college, too. This okay. is the start of my second senior year. Because I was cool enough to have two of them. Two degrees, two senior years. Um, me and my... Uh, my two roommates, uh, Kyle Daughtry and Dale Murphy. The other Kyle. The other Kyle, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dale Murphy, who went to Triple S, um, and he's a PE teacher at Bunn High School now, football coach there. Uh, we were hanging out at Dale's girlfriend's uh, at the time's house, um, and she wanted to watch Grey's Anatomy. Um, after Grey's Anatomy, Murphy's like, okay, now I want to watch this show that I've heard about on ABC Family. And so we went to the DVR, and that was the first time I heard this wonderful jingle that was sung by Molly Ringwald of the Breakfast Club theme, Um, where she sings, Falling in love is such an easy thing to do. Birds can do it. We can do it. Let's stop talking. Let's get to it. Let's fall in love. 
And that was the intro to The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I I never got into that. Well, you wouldn't think that I'm going to lose all... I guess, you know, they, people talk about losing your man card or whatever. Okay, I know that's overrated, but if there was ever a thing, I, I'm losing it here. Um, so, this show is premised on 15-year-old Amy Jurgens, played by the wonderful and um, iconic Shailene Woodley. Um, she is finding out that she's pregnant in the first episode. After having sex at band camp with... A handsome and popular boy who's on the drumline, Ricky Underwood. Um, and sure, she's not like a story about Ricky. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> he is a drummer. <laughs> this is true. I didn't. I've never Look, made those connections. Honestly, like time out. Anyone who knew anything about band in high school knew that the drummers got around. They okay? did. The they entire drumline. So, thus the E. Our <laughs> episode. I was a horn player. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Make your jokes later. <laughs> so Amy finds out this is the first time she's uh, she's had sex and she gets pregnant um, after her first time. Oh God! And yeah, I, I know ter- terrible. And then she starts dating this other guy um, who has always had a crush on her. And then she finds out she's pregnant. And so like the show kind of revolves around her and her you know her drama. Um, season one, you know she's she finds out she's pregnant. Ricky finds out he's the father, but he's dating some other girl, uh, which causes this other girl, or actually it's his fling, Adrian, um, to be jealous. So, And Ricky's already setting his sights on Grace, who's the cheerleader slash Christian, um, who's waiting, you know, has the promise ring and, you know, waiting. So it's like Juno meets the breakfast club. Basically. Nice. But they're, yeah, and they're all like in different groups. So you have your band geeks. Right, right, right. Um, ben is like this nerd who joins the band because he wants to be close to Amy, <laughs> even though he does not play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Grace is the cheerleader who's dating the football jock who wants to get it on. But Grace is like, no, I got my promise ring. My father's a minister. And, and Ricky's the drummer who's also the bad boy. And Adrian's the girl who just gets around. Um, um, again, we're, hand if you had a promise ring. I'm okay. not a jewelry person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're not a jewelry. I had one. Uh, I lost it in the mall. <laughs> oh, oh, you lost the ring. ring. I lost the ring. Oh my god, I lost the ring. No, this is it's irony. Okay, you don't I lost the promise ring in the mall shopping for prom dresses. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There you go, folks. Wow, we really put a hard E on this. This episode, we're definitely quite literally at this point. A warning on this one for sure. So, um, so the first season is all about that, and then she ends up giving birth, and um, but the show lasted lasted five seasons. And by season three, like, I was hooked just because, you know, for some reason I didn't have enough drama in my life when I, you know, in 2008, 2009. Um, I did, but, you know, whatever. Um, It's a a weird time period because I was in college, I think, still. And, like... But late college. So now you're having to start thinking about adult, like, real adult. Yeah. Yeah. But but I completely forgot about a show that I totally went heads in on and it was uh, nipped up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Erica and I went crazy watching it. Yeah. So the show lasted five seasons. Um, 
And all the all the characters end up like swapping around throughout the series, right. which would make me so frustrated. And not just the, the kids, but the parents too. Like, like Amy's mom and dad end up divorcing, and then apparently Amy's dad was previously married to Grace's mom, and then they got divorced earlier before he had met Amy's dad. Well, then Grace's dad dies the night Grace loses her virginity, and then so she has guilt over that. Oh, 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 oh. That's a whole. We got It was like, very sloppy. Lose your virginity. Well, here, lose your parents. Here's the thing. What? You get that tattooed on your shirt. <laughs> the same person who produced and was the showrunner for Seventh Heaven also produced and was the oh, showrunner for this show. God. So you can see the. the oh, um, of course. Well, then Amy's dad, after he divorces um, Amy's mom, gets back with Grace's mom. So they remarry. I mean, just so many. Oh and then. Uh, Amy and Ricky end up together, and then Ben ends up with Adrian, who was Ricky's sling, and then she gets pregnant at some point during the show. Um, after you like, like they got together, and Ben was having like revenge sex, okay. and it's like, oh my goodness. I also that I will say that that does I think tend to be a trope of teen drama too, mm-hmm. is that the parents are also enmeshed mm-hmm. a lot in their own drama, which is kind of interesting. Yes. So, season three, about midway through. I hate the show. <laughs> but you gotta keep going. Because. But th- this is, sounds like me and Glee, but yeah. you can't stop. <laughs> I hate the show because of all the, like, I'm thinking, first of all, they talk way too casually about, you know, all the stuff in front of their parents. I would die. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if. Yeah, well, like, if, I'm gonna have to live with my parents. I mean, I'm not. Certain relationships. I mean, at that age, at that age I was well, not. That, okay? I was not. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I hate the show. I hate the in, the illogical and fallacies of the show. I hate the fact that just they're like, oh, we'll just do this and we'll do, you know, whatever. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I have to start. I have to, I have to see how it ends. Yeah. Because, you know, Amy's getting like, she's really good at playing the French horn. So she's getting offers from Juilliard. And I got to see how that's going to work out. Right. And so I hate watch this show. Well, that's the beauty also, I think, of teen dramas yeah. is when you have cast, like when you have an ensemble you bank on someone tuning in for a particular yep. through line, even if they don't like the other through lines, you know, which I think is really interesting. Yes. I was that way with 13 Reasons Why. Like, I started watching it late, but the whole first season I loved. Like, it's something that it, it's the same way that like we talked earlier that you kind of, you know, it's probably a little bit old because it's high school, but it puts me right back in those feelings and feeling right. really emotional and dealing with, like, depression and stuff so it was right in my wheelhouse but by the end of season three i'm watching it to finish it but the whole time i'm like this stupid kid like just tell people quit being like quit hiding everything to yourself like i want to finish this but you're stupid and i hate you like i don't know it got me yeah so like i said i hate watch the show Mm -hmm. until the very end hey look sometimes you gotta have shows that you hate watch it ended so terribly Oh, no. Amy ends up leaving her son with Ricky while she goes off to New York. Oh, no. And, yeah. What? Yeah, I know. It's horrible. Um, like, all well, who knows? Ricky may be an amazing dad at this point. I Seasons mean, later. Honestly. Well, Amy tells everyone that she and Ricky got eloped at the beginning of season five when they actually chickened out at the last minute. Um, Ben's dad, who was in, like, The Sopranos or whatever, um, like, 
and he runs like a sausage company. He mm. refers to himself as Sausage King. <laughs> so yes. He ends up get that on your shoulder. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! What is it? It's from um, Ferris Bueller when he's like Abe Frommer, the Sausage King of like Cincinnati mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh my God! Yeah, um, there are just so many. Just uh, but I finished the series, and as much as I hated the series. I kind of want to go back and rewatch it just to see how bad it ends up being. But, um, but yeah, so I'm going to have to go back and record, you know, warning. What the what contains adult content? <laughs> well, it goes on with teen, like, teen drama. Like it's expected. I mean, yeah, I think, I think if they can watch teen dramas, they can listen to this episode. You would think so. Um, I'm but, still I'm still putting the E on what, really just for more comedic purposes at this point. <laughs> Talking about the adults is now as an adult. Sometimes when I go back and watch teen dramas, I do find myself sure. leaning more towards the adult drama, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just got through. There's an episode of Teen Wolf, and I'm rebinging Teen Wolf right now. And then I'll probably move on to One Tree Hill. Um, I feel really inspired to do that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, there's a there's a moment where Scott's mom, who's single, she's divorced from his father, who's not really in the picture except for a few episodes in one season um she went on this date and the date didn't go well and so you know scott who has werewolf hearing can hear that she's pulled up outside and it's the night after and she's trying to call this guy and you know maybe get a second chance at a date that'll go well instead of a date that didn't end very well through no fault of their own um and so scott can hear her and he's talking to south he's like wait, wait wait my mom's home and Styles like, what is she doing? And he's like, she's just sitting in her car. And then she makes the call and she gets his voicemail. And she leaves this, like, awkward, rambling voicemail. And you can tell that she just is trying so hard to, like, put herself back out there. Mm-hmm. And it's not working. And she, you know, like, you can tell she's frustrated with, like, where she is in life. And, like, she doesn't feel, like, worthy or beautiful or, like, good enough to, like, go out with this hot man and so she hangs up the voicemail and she's just like, oh, you know, and then it goes back to Scott and Styles is like, what's she doing now? And Scott goes, she's crying. And she's just sitting in her car crying. Wow. Because like, it doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's heartbreaking to feel like you just don't have it. Yeah. Like you're like, you're missing it somehow, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I watched that episode and I was just like, oh my God, Melissa, I just, I feel you, I feel you on that girl. Like, ugh. <laughs> so I just, I think it, it's interesting when you shift ages, how things hit you differently. Yes. Whereas when I first watched it, I was like, whatever, his mom's yeah. crying in her car. <laughs> like, yeah. Nope. You do, you totally go back. It's the same way a lot of these things are. Like, I feel like you go back. Even, like, other just movies and stuff that now that you're older, you do go back with, like, a different set of eyes and see things differently where, as a kid, you're like, look at those crazy cool kids that are doing everything. And it's like, and as an adult, you're like, where are the parents? Right. What Why are they letting them do this? Too young to be doing that mess. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, so, like, kind of tie in with that. I'm just rereading over some of the synopsis here. Like, Amy's sister, Ashley, ends up dropping out of, like, removing herself from public school and she decides to homeschool herself. And it's like... And the parents are cool with it because, yeah. you know, the parents are doing their own thing. Right, and, and right. I will say one positive thing about this series. It had some great musical selections. Um, just some some examples. Uh, the Both the first and last episodes of the first season featured the song Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Uh, it has Love Story by Taylor Swift. Um, just the Way You Are, Bruno Mars. Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Daughters by John Mayer. S&M by Rihanna. Memories by David Guetta. Um 
Marry You by Bruno Mars, and in the last episode during Ricky's flashback, the song Blurry by Puddle of Mud plays. Nice. So, some decent song selections in the series. All I can think about, you said Just the Way You Are, and that's stuck in my head from Pitch Perfect now. Like, that one, when that's so much better face. than just the actual song. Like, just them singing together. Now, did they do that in there? Yeah, they, oh, okay. they, they did that combined with... Um, Not the pool, but like, they're like, yeah, when they're, to find the They videos. combined that with... Um, uh, it was only just a dream with Nelly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then you had uh, some people singing just the way you are, and mm-hmm. some people right. travel back and down that road. But you come back. I went through such like a big acapella thing after that, like right like, stuff on YouTube. Oh just man, wanting to hear just that's how when I got into Glee for the first time, and mm-hmm. I watched I watched every episode of Glee, which is one of my honorable mentions, and I like. I got to the point where I was hate watching it towards yes. the end. Hate but watchers like, unite. I was just like, I want to be in a Glee club. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> did, we could do this. Did you know oh. that Glee literally means Glee? Mm-hmm. That's from Community. Hmm? Wow. The, the Christmas episode in season wow. three that I sang all of last year. Well, Kyle, okay, what's your Kyle. third option? Text out, man. Let's wrap this up. So earlier today, as I explained, you know, I threw it out there, you know, on Instagram and Facebook. Sitcoms. Do they get considered? Dramas or not? No. No. They're called situational comedies. So. Dramas have to be. As you adjust the mic, that's not working. No, I'm just moving it. But this happened. And then Ashby literally said, she's like, okay, I just wanted to make sure because I didn't want to go from Family Matters to One Tree Hill and like it screw up everything. Oh, God. So I went last. So we're going (laughs) Family Matters right now. (laughs) Family Matters. Was the first one on? No! No, you didn't. Hashtag not canon. (laughs) This this was on my list from the very beginning. I took Wonder Years off. And I added. I think the Wonder Years would have counted. counted. No, but we talked about Wonder Years in the same way. We were like, well, Family Matters would work, and this would work, and that would work. And so I was like, I'm not taking Family Matters off. So. I get it for most shows. I get it. Like, Full House has, like, some cheesy emotional moments and some right. things. Whatever. Like, but it's not. Home Improvement, same way they hit some, like, topics, but it's right. whatever. Um, a lot of those are that way. But for me, watching Family Matters, especially younger, it was just about, you know, Steve Urkel being funny or whatever else. Right. Did I do that? But going back and watching it, I want to say, like, Family Matters is probably one of my favorite <laughs> out of that. Like, it probably beats out Full House for me. Right. Going back and watching it now, because as an adult... There's so many topics that are covered on that show. It is a rare tradition in this day and age. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, sorry. <laughs> but, all theme songs. I go back and watch it now, and it is like, yes, it's funny, but every show or every episode, for the most, especially as they get older, is much more dealing with drama. Right. Because um, at the time, too, is one of the, like, I think it's the second largest, but compared to one of the, I don't remember which one it was, but it's surrounding a, a black family. Mm-hmm. Right. And me like, growing. It was like growing pains yes. with a black family, yes. which was important, I think. Yes. And growing up Very for me important. being, you know, a decently well white kid right. that lived in the South, like, there are things that you didn't realize happened or in, in everyday life. It still happens. Right. At the time, though, as a kid, you're just oblivious to it. Right. And I had, like, lots of black friends and stuff, but I didn't realize things they dealt with. Right. Like, and I just didn't, you know, you grew up with, you know, racism is dead. Like, it's all long and gone. And it's right. like, no, it's not. And especially the older I got, the more I love just spending more time watching this show. And I get it, too, because it's, I can say that as a white guy watching this show, but I also know that that doesn't necessarily display the majority of, you know, black families either. Like, because it was kind of almost more of a perfect situation, too, for them. But... First off, you've got Steve Urkel, Urkel that's a nerd that's just funny at first. That honestly wasn't even supposed to be on the show, but more than one episode or so. 
but everybody loved him. But the more you start to see, like, I take it, you know, probably mid-series on is where I see more of the drama stuff. Because it starts to realize that Steve is cared for. He's no longer just the practical joke, but he is the right. nerd that's picked on. Mm -hmm. That that family has taken him in under their wing and still love him. And right. you see that more with that. He's like their Kimmy Gibbler. He is. And yeah. honestly, you see a little bit more of the emotional side with him because you don't see so much... You know, you know, Kimmy had a family that's very supportive. Right. I don't know if you ever met hardly any of Steve's family. Right. But we go back on like a Christmas watch, all of like those type of shows, Christmas episodes. Mm -hmm. And like Family Matters are my favorites, but there's one where like Steve's at home by himself, and they go and literally Christmas Eve he's in his basement by himself, like right. as a like middle school age kid. Right. But I mean, there's a variety of topics, and it doesn't necessarily just because you're black or whatever, like or white or any other race. There's a lot of topics that do specifically talk about just being black. Like his dad is a police officer, but there's an episode where you know Eddie gets pulled over, mm -hmm. gets treated really horribly by these cops, mm -hmm. and then his dad finds out about it and goes to his restaurant and like confronts and those cops yeah. to the point that you know he's threatening getting one on fired, and then the other one is kind of like the cop that's caught in the middle of it. That's just right. like I was assigned to be his partner, mm -hmm. right. and he sets him and he's like, "Look, you know, you have a choice here." Right. You can end up just like this man making these horrible decisions. Right. Um, but I don't know. It covers a lot of really like hard-hitting topics. As a kid that grew up here in the South, you watch and realize, like, no, that still happens. Yes. Right. Know, even today, but especially then, like, growing up, it hit me at an important age to realize that those things were going on around me and that wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and so it's not one of those things that I grew up in and oblivious to now. But it's because of things like this on the show uh, to be aware that these things do happen. Uh, and I don't know, like, it's, of course, yes, it's still funny, it's comedy, I get that. But for me, I, I throw it into this category just because of the lessons that it hit me at. There's, like, so many times I've watched it and just teared up watching Family Matters because the way, the same way that some of the girls treated Laura or some of the people treated her or some one of Laura's friends and stuff because of their skin color. And it's, you know, like I said, it just hit me in a certain way that I was like, okay, like, this is important to me. So anyway, I'll go back and watch it now because I think it got added to Hulu a while back or somewhere. Like, And I went and started watching all those seasons again. And honestly, I probably skipped a little bit further. But to realize that, you know, it does turn into more of a drama where they're all, you know, at least high schoolers going on to college age and dealing with a lot of issues that I was oblivious to. But thankful to this, it made me more aware to try to be a better person in real life just from watching this show. So, we end up with Family Matters instead of going from Family Matters to One Tree Hill. And I get it that being a sitcom, throwing it out there with all the other ones I threw out there today, I totally, if you say teen dramas, like, it doesn't get there. But for me, this that the same way Dawson's Creek was just a great teen drama show, this one hit me and, like, gave me life lessons and changed my life by watching it. So, I'll allow it. Thanks. <laughs> I figured I would have to work my way for that one. But I will also allow it. I can imagine it'd be a little bit different if I was choosing some of the other ones. But <clears throat> all right, so uh, Kyle, social media shoutouts. Yes, we have two this week, so okay. it's not a big deal. All right, <laughs> Hunter Rat, two thousand three on Instagram said they certainly. He was responding to my question of can sitcoms be teen dramas. He said they certainly can get heavy. Scrubs almost brought me to tears a few times. So there's one to think. Scrubs about. did bring me to tears a few times. That's true. That's a so. good. Yeah, that's a good one. Why don't we have that on our list? Like, for an episode today. Oh, yeah, day. to do Scrubs. Scrubs is great. I gotta watch Scrubs. Sorry. I've seen like two episodes, but 
Either way. I've seen like 10 to 15 episodes. Chris Rode says, Chris Rode also made Ashby nervous. Where she yeah, was, he did. He's like, wait, well, is this what we're really talking Chris, about? Chris, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. No, I'm not like, I like these shows, but this is totally different. Like, I and can't, I gotta have two lists. And that's my fault for not phrasing the word teen in there. So, yeah, yeah, we're blaming you. So putting that out there. Chris Rode, I'm going to be honest, I didn't have time for drama shows. If it weren't cartoons or comedy, I didn't watch it. Though, I did like Walker, Texas Ranger. And though it wasn't in the 90s, but reruns of Bonanza. The Rifleman and Gunsmoke were a constant in my household. And I just remembered Xena, Hercules, Lois and Clark, Seventh Heaven, Darth Dr. Quinn, Star Trek Voyager. Okay, I guess I was an honest earlier. Hey, Seventh Heaven didn't make it. I, so. I just looked at He's up somewhat like, oh, on, yeah. on brand. I mean, Star Trek there. Next Generation had a teenager in it. Yeah. But that doesn't qualify. Wesley. <laughs> but either way, well, thank you guys for shouting out. I watched out. a lot of shows. This week we were a little. Lacking on social media somewhat this week, and then also the questions I didn't phrase them quite correctly. Yeah. Well, but be, either way, well, because Kyle messed it all up, we're going to kick him off the show next week. That's, That's great. right. I'll so, go home and think about what I've done. Take, <laughs> take two. A big thank you to Ricky Lyles for his contributions to today's episode, and we hope that you, the listener, enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. And that you're as pumped for the rest of this journey into pop culture and nostalgia as we are. Next week, Kyle, bye. You, you have to leave. Will. Go to the mountains of Tennessee. I don't Will. care. Do whatever you want to do. I will. Me and Ashby are going to talk about Sonic. Come on, son. Come on, son. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't be a gooey chocolate chip cookie, Can Ashby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is my podcast partner, Gee <laughs> Buttersnap, a.k.a. The Heater. <laughs> I just imagine next week's literally just two hours of quotes. Like it's not, like, it not going to be two hours of quotes. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be three and a half hours of That's quotes. Right. Longest right. episode ever next week. So until next time, stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we will see you on the What the What Show. What the What? Bye. Peace.